Good morning. We welcome you here to worship this day. This morning, we give God glory as we honor the lives of military and first responders who have gone before us. At RGPC, we hear the voice of Jesus calling us to serve those who serve. So in that service, let us worship God. Please join me in the call to worship. The word has come from, for us from God, who promises to shelter us under the wings of hope and grace. The word has come to, Jesus, to us from Jesus, who encourages us to remember the good news we have received. The word flows to us from the Spirit, who reminds us to place our hope and trust in God. The Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice, let the many coastlands be glad, the heavens proclaim God's righteousness, and all the people behold God's glory. Rejoice in the Lord and give thanks to God's holy name. Our first hymn, O God of Every Nation.
We are sure that nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Trusting in God's grace, we confess our sins together. God, every nation, as we remember those that gave their life for our sake, let us be stirred to action in their memory. We confess that we have not done all that is possible to promote peace and justice in our world. We have not loved our neighbors, let alone our enemies. Forgive us for failing to live up to your commandments. Empower us to work for your kingdom in this world, and welcome us by your grace into your kingdom in the next. Amen. We are loved. We are forgiven. We are redeemed. We are the Lord's. We are called to follow Christ. We have reached the point in our wonderful service today that we call a moment of thankful remembrance. Just some words of introduction to this time. On Memorial Day, we not only give God thanks and praise for our first responders, for our military who have gone before us, we also give thanks for those who are with us today. In both instances, families, make a huge sacrifice as well. Families who from one generation to the next continue to support their soldiers and their first responders, making sacrifices and loving them just as if they went out every day through their front doors to protect and keep this world safe. Former President George Bush was quoted as saying at a Memorial Day celebration, we ask a lot of those who wear our uniform. We ask them to leave their loved ones, sometimes to travel a great distance, to risk injury, even to be prepared to make the ultimate sacrifices with their lives. They are dedicated and they represent the best of our country and we are grateful. We agree. For many, Memorial Day represents the day that our fathers died our mothers died, our sons and daughters died, our loved ones, our friends, our comrades with whom we served. For now we have the humble, tear-filled privilege to give God thanks for the lives of those that we recall in our own family trees and also in our neighborhoods and our communities and our worlds, our best friends, our acquaintances. We give God thanks for each and every name that we hold up today for all those who have gone before us that allow us to be in this space today. Please stand in silence to honor those who have gone before us. Uniform personnel. Present.
A prayer of thanksgiving. Lord, you are the God of all ages. As we join together in worship, we realize how great our debt is to the past, to those who shaped it, and to those who are only present with us now in our memories. For the lives of those to whom this day is dedicated, and for those near and dear to us who now rest from their labors, we give you thanks. For those who throughout the history of this nation have given their lives in behalf of freedom, justice, and peace, we express our gratitude. May your will be our heritage forever and your love be a source of everlasting joy. Help us to proclaim the good news among all your people as we also keep it close to our hearts and to our homes. In Christ's name we ask, amen. There's a grief that can't be spoken. There's a pain goes on and on. Empty chairs at empty tables. Now my friends are dead and gone. Here they talked of revolution. Here it was they lit the flame. Here they sang about tomorrow, and tomorrow never came. From the table in the corner, they could see a world reborn, and they with voices ringing and I can hear them now the very words that they had sung became their last communion on the lonely barricade at dawn my friends, my friends, forgive me that I live and you are gone. There's a grief that can't be spoken. There's a pain goes on and on. Phantom faces at the window Phantom shadows on the floor, empty chairs at empty tables where my friends will meet no more. Oh, my friends, my friends, don't ask me what your sacrifice was for. Empty chairs at empty tables where my friends will sing no
Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Joshua. And here is what it says. On the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones that they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So here we are this morning reading about Joshua. Now Joshua was one of Moses's right-hand guys. He was one of the spies that initially went into the promised land to check things out. And he took over for Moses after Moses passed away. If you'll remember, Moses never had the great chance to make it into the promised land. So now it was up to Joshua to lead the people into the promised land. After 40 years of wandering through the wilderness, here they are about ready to have this event, this event that they have been waiting so long for. So here they are crossing the River Jordan into the promised land. And this is monumental. This is just a huge moment because God once again shows up. God stopped the flow of the River Jordan so that the people could cross over on dry land, just like he had done for them when they crossed the Red Sea out of Egypt into the wilderness. So God had asked Joshua, when this happens, Make sure you have 12 guys pick up 12 stones out of the River Jordan, carry it with you to the other side, and stack them up. And then Joshua commanded the people that someday use these stones as a reminder for what God had done for you. And when your children ask you what these stones mean, you can explain to them exactly what happened. You can explain to them how God rescued the people, how God fulfilled his promises and brought the people into the promised land. Retell the story of what God had done. Retell the story of what these stones meant. My dad was a Korean War vet, and he was also an amateur war historian, and he particularly had a fascination with the Civil War. So much of my childhood was spent touring Civil War battlefields all over the place. And we also seemed to spend a lot of time down south. My sister lived in Memphis, Tennessee for a number of years. And since our family owned a floor covering business, Dalton, Georgia is the place where a majority of carpet and that sort of thing is made. So we took a lot of trips down to Georgia many, many times for business trips, and I would tag along with my parents on those. And one trip in particular, it was just me and my dad, and we set off for this drive, and we're driving through the country, 
and we pull up into this gravel parking lot, or really it was just a strip of gravel, and we walk into this stand of woods. And I wasn't really sure what Dad had in mind or where we were going, but once we ended up in this stand of woods, we were suddenly upon a beautiful cemetery. And it was a cemetery full of unknown Confederate soldiers. This place was quiet. This place was peaceful. And the stones were old and ragged. And every single one said, unknown soldier. I'll never forget that time with my dad. And, and he seemed to know the stories of these guys even though they didn't have names on the markers, he just seemed to have a sense for what they had been through. Now, the cemetery wasn't too far from a particular battle site, and my dad knew all about the events that had transpired at that battlefield. So when we are in this cemetery full of unknown soldiers, he somehow was able to bring their stories to life. He was able to tell me what those stones meant. See, me and my siblings, we were raised in a household that was raised to revere God and to have respect for our country. We were raised to revere the power of God's love and his grace, and we were raised to revere what our country stood for. So on this Memorial Day, may you also have that same sense of reverence. May you also have that sense of what has occurred in this country, what has happened in the lives of soldiers who have gone on before us and all that they have done. Let us, on this Memorial Day, hold in reverence the graves of fallen U.S. soldiers because those gravestones mean freedom from tyranny. Those gravestones mean freedom from oppression. Those gravestones mean freedom of democracy, and those gravestones mean freedom to worship. What our soldiers have done is monumental, and it must be shared from generation to generation, and it must be remembered. The graves of the fallen are stones that remind us that someone died so that we might freely worship the one true God who is mighty and powerful and loving and graceful, the one true God whose own son died on our behalves so that we might also have freedom from death ourselves. Let us never forget what these stones mean. Amen. Our scripture passage now is from the prophet Isaiah chapter 49, beginning at verse 8. This is what the Lord says. In the time of my favor, I will answer you. And in the day of salvation, I will help you. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people, to restore the land and to reassign its desolate inheritances. To say to the captives, come out, and to those in the darkness, be free. They will feed beside the roads and find pasture on every barren hill. They will neither hunger nor thirst, nor will the desert heat or the sun beat upon them. 
He who has compassion on them will guide them and lead them beside springs of water. I will turn all my mountains into roads. My highways will be raised up. See, they will come from afar, some from the north and some from the west, some from the region of Ashwan. Shout for joy, O heavens, rejoice, O earth. Burst into song, O mountains, for the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me, the Lord has forgotten me. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you, says God. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Isaiah 49 is a powerful passage, especially on a Sunday talking about Memorial Day. Back when, in the time of Israel's life and history, and this is recounted in these verses, the people feel lost. They actually think that God has potentially abandoned them or forgotten them. They've gone through such adversity something we can relate to today in the midst of this pandemic. I'm sure there have been moments when all of us at one time or another have asked, where is God? Has God forgotten us? And just as the prophet Isaiah assures the people of Israel, God assures us this day with these very same words, I've written your name on my hands. Imagine as little children when we practiced writing our first names, then our middle names, and our first and middle and last names. What an accomplishment it was. And do you remember how important it made you feel when you walked in somewhere and somebody said your name? It made you have this sense of worth and pride that you were important. And God says, your name is written on my palms. Have you ever thought about that? What an amazing thing to be given such a gift. On Memorial Day, naming is really important. And I remember thinking back to 9-11 and all that footage we saw for days of all the terror, all the horror, all the people running out, all the the horrible yelling and screaming, and what did we also see? We saw first responders running in while everybody was rushing out, not even thinking twice. I also remember hearing about military and soldiers, whether they were off-duty, on-duty, retired veterans, they came coming from everywhere on planes, along with first responders from other places to help during that chaotic period. But do you remember now the memorial service that happened? We tend to remember all that news footage of things happening as planes crashed into buildings. But today I want to remind you of that first 
memorial service that was right there on the grounds. What I remember are the men and women, the family members, the best friends of those who had died at 9-11 and the World Trade Center. And I remember how important it was when they would each get to the podium that they would say the name of their loved one. Name after name, and we were riveted, each person, each name. I think that was a very important moment because there are times in our lives, especially as we look back on all our world wars that we have gone through, and when people name the names out loud to the public, it's like giving us a collective memory so that unlike that that fog, that dusty haze that settled over where the Twin Towers once stood. We won't forget. We won't let their names fade away because every life and every name is important to God. This last August, we had a tremendous opportunity in Livonia, Michigan here that we were actually the hosts, our city, of the Vietnam Moving Wall. And I remember being on the grounds of that amazing, humbling, privileged five-day experience. There was an east wall and a west wall. And I had the opportunity to volunteer to be someone who veterans and family members would come up to and they would have a sheet of paper in their hand with the name, the single name, of someone that they wanted to remember. And our job as those volunteers was to help them find the name on the wall. Now remember all the casualties, over 58,000 casualties of, Vietnam War, of the Vietnam War. And I remember as I stood and watched people pass by, I remember that there was this grandmother with her older high school granddaughter and as they walked by me, I asked them if they needed help. And the grandmother proudly told me that they didn't have any friends or families that served in Vietnam, but that she wanted her granddaughter to remember. And the granddaughter said that not enough was taught them in school about the Vietnam War. And so there they went looking at all the names and humble privilege. I remember, too, a veteran walked up to me, and instead of one or two sheets in his hand, he had 10, 10 names in his hand. And I will never forget, despite the hot day and the sunglasses I wore, all the tears that filled my eyes as I asked him if he could follow me from the east wall to the west wall. And one by one, we found each of his um, comrades who had been in his unit. He was the only one who made it out alive. And so we took our time and I would hold the paper, rub the charcoal over it and the name would appear and he would stand for a minute with me by his side. And when he was ready, we'd move to the next and the next and the next. What a privilege, each name so important. During that five days, 24-7, the names of those who died in the Vietnam War were read out loud 
all through the day and through the night. Another reminder of how important names are. How does God remember our name? Is it true? Is our name really in the palm of God's hand? I take you now to Jesus, the disciple Thomas. It's after his resurrection. The disciples are all gathered in a room, and Thomas is not there the first time Jesus appears. And when he does, he shows them the nail prints in his hand. He shows them his side. And then Jesus departs. And then when Thomas re-enters, Jesus is gone. And they tell Thomas excitedly that they've seen the Lord. And Thomas says, I won't believe you until I can see Jesus, till I can put my fingers in his palms, till I can place my hand in his side. It almost echoes that passage in Isaiah. Thomas must have wondered, did Jesus forget me? He appeared to everybody and I wasn't there. And scripture tells us that just a week later, Jesus comes back when Thomas is there. And he comes right to Thomas and he puts out his hands and he invites Thomas in the most loving way to place his fingers where the nail marks are in his hand in Jesus' side. What a wonderful way for Jesus to tell us that even when we have our moments of doubt, that it's okay, that he still comes to us like the prophet Isaiah saying that God will bring down the mountains to make a path for God to get to us, that God will never forget us. The first thing, though, that I want to leave with you today is the first thing that Jesus says when he appeared in that room where Thomas was. The first words he uttered out of his mouth were, Peace be with you. We give thanks today for our first responders, our military, all their families and loved ones. We give thanks and we pray the prayer of peace upon each one. For we are truly in this place in thankful remembrance for all those who have come before us and made all things possible today. God bless each and every one of you. Amen. As we remember this morning that God is our true source of all goodness and all blessings, let us also remember that we have been blessed to be a blessing to others. It is through God's goodness and all that he has given us, we are now able to give back to others. So let us now receive this morning's offering.
praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Let us pray. Servant Lord, we offer these gifts with humble hearts. Bless them, we pray, to do your transforming work in the world. May what we give bring comfort to those who grieve, warmth to those who live without shelter, food to those who are hungry, kindness to those who are world weary, and hope to those who long for the touch of your mercy. Gracious Lord Jesus, you are our rock, our redeemer, and our ever-present help through all of the ages, and today and ages yet to come. You know us so intimately and love us genuinely. For the people we are, the people we have yet to become. God of this nation, may we never forget the true meaning of this holiday. Give us thanks to you for the many lives that were lost in service to this country and for our protection. We find comfort in knowing their loss was not in vain and that they now rest with you in eternal peace. We pray for all those who, have, who live each day with the memories of friends and comrades who never returned home. Wrap them in your loving care and surround them with friends and family who offer encouragement and comfort. We pray for families who saw their loved ones leave for war, never to return. We pray for those families who never had the privilege of knowing their loved ones' fate as countless of soldiers have gone missing in action or become prisoners of war. Though their fates may be unknown to us, they are not unknown to you, gracious God. For you hold every life near and dear to your heart and never have you abandoned a single one of your children. God of healing, we put into your good care this day those, those who still fight battles in their minds and cannot escape the trauma of their memories, who acknowledge the lives of 22 soldiers and one first responder who daily take their own lives because their PTSD is too much to cope with. May our government, our communities, our churches be equipped to help those seek out the resources they need in order to feel hope, in order to be able to remember their war without reliving it, in order to help from the traumas they experienced while protecting our freedoms. We are grateful to you, O oh Lord, for every soldier who has ever served, whether it was during peacetime or conflict, for they served with a servant's heart with the mission of keeping us safe. We thank you for those who daily face dangers we cannot comprehend. All so that we may worship freely, sleep peacefully, vote objectively, and live comfortably. We are grateful to you, Jesus, for our first responders who keep us safe within our, our own communities and for those who answer the call when we are in danger, including those in the medical field. As a community of faith, we pray for our Christian brothers and sisters around the world, as well as our own brothers and sisters in our neighborhoods in the midst of this global pandemic. 
We pray for the comfort of grieving families and friends who lost loved ones. We also lift up all those affected by Midland, Michigan's catastrophic flooding. For the 10,000 residents who have been evacuated, the assistance, assistance from the National Guard, those in positions of leadership through this crisis, we pray for your wisdom, restoration, healing, and hope. God of Rosedale, we are thankful for your healing hand and comforting touch to all those in cancer treatment and rehabilitation, those undergoing tests and procedures, those in hospice care, and those recovering at home. You are indeed a mighty and all-powerful God, greater than any army this world has ever known. And we are thankful that you fight for us on a daily basis and love us beyond reason. Help us to remain diligent disciples of your son, Jesus, in whose name we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and glory forever. Amen. Let's sing together for all the saints.
bless this country in his love. May God bless our world with his reconciling peace. May God clothe this country in his care. May God clothe our world with his loving kindness. May God forever hold us in his holy embrace. Brothers and sisters, hear the good news. God has made us and found us worthy. Each day, walk humbly with our God. God, God bless, bless America. America. Amen. As we share Christ's peace with one another again this morning, I would ask that this week you find three veterans in your life whom you can contact and pass the peace to them and give them thanks for their service. Give them thanks for all that they have done for this country. Give them thanks for your ability to worship freely. May the peace of Christ be with you. Please share the signs of peace with your neighbors. Mm -hmm. 